Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 710-710. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including postage and handling. I've got a strong message from the book of First Peter. Got music and letters. But right now, let's pray. Father God, we uh, pray that you'll open the kingdom of heaven and pour out your spirit upon this, your servant, to do this program. That you'll open every heart, every mind, every soul, everyone who will enter the kingdom of heaven to receive this message uh, from Peter through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit worked in him. And therefore, he was not a Roman Catholic. He was not the first uh, Catholic pope. He was a born-again Jew uh, who was uh, in Israel and uh, began uh, he began uh, being uh, the very first soul winner uh, after Christ, uh, his disciple. Uh, Peter was the one who won so many thousands of souls and therefore was the uh, first uh, person in the church that uh, the true church of God, which is uh, these uh, those of us that are born again of the Spirit. We are the first church, not uh, a cult called Roman Catholicism. And uh, people, you must receive that if you want to be in the kingdom of heaven. Lord God, show everyone that uh, these things are true and uh, that we need to know that uh, being born again of the Spirit and in the true body of Christ, we're never lonely. We'll never be lonesome again or lonely again. So a lot of people worry about whether this is going to happen if they can avoid loneliness if they become a born-again Christian. But uh, we are isolated from the sinners in the world, but we're not lonely. Uh, We don't have to be lonely to be a Christian. Uh, The people out in the world are lonely. They really don't have anyone to talk to. But we have all things in common when we're Christians. And so we should never think that uh, if we leave the body of Christ that we're going to have any assurance. We are assured that if we're faithful, it's worth what it costs to get into heaven. And also, what is the basic ethical principle for a Christian? Well, praise the Lord. God called the the Apostle Peter, Father God, you called him to write to isolated believers suffering persecution in the, uh, the north. They wanted to know what good that they were doing themselves or anyone else by um, being in Christ. Father, the Apostle Peter pointed to Christ's sufferings as an example to encourage the um, first people that were maturing in love, which is the keeping of your commandments. 
Lord, pour out your divine spirit on this. Open everybody's heart, soul, mind to receive it. Receive salvation and to be encouraged in the central principle of ethics to live, to lead others to Christ, to glorify God. So we are commanded, Father, by you to endure suffering as the Lord Jesus Christ did. It is God, as you, Father God, wills for us to do. We are called, Father God, to be faithful. And the church needs encouragement like this to know that we have to be faithful. Because great is your faithfulness, and you want us to be faithful as well to God in all stages and areas of our lives, which is your life in response to the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, um, rebuke Satan. And you do that by our preaching the word. We are told to resist Satan. And a lot of people are wondering how that, uh, how do we resist Satan? Well, that is when we preach the word that is pouring out your spirit upon all flesh. And it also means that we are doing the things that uh, we're suffering. But uh, this is how we grow is through suffering. And so people should not shrink away from suffering, but Father, that they should just rejoice in it because we're growing when that happens. And Lord, we need to um, be an example to one another because um, faith works by love. In other words, if we have faith, well, then we do what you say because love is the keeping. Uh, Love is not sex. Love is the keeping of your commandments. And Lord, rebuke Satan and uh, close every door to him. And, uh, Lord, lift us up and uh, open every door to us in Jesus' mighty name that souls may be saved in the church. Strengthen in Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody says amen. Amen. All right, now, um, there's the healing waters that come down from the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says, if any of you be sick, uh, call the uh, elders, and we're to anoint you with oil, and to pray the prayer of faith, and you will be healed. You've already been healed by the stripes that the Lord took for you before he was crucified. But uh, we have the healing waters, and let them flow. If you, any of you are sick, the first thing people do is they think of doctors as their healers and their saviors. But the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. A lot of people say, well, we prayed. Did you pray fervently? Let the healing waters flow. This is myself uh, with J.D. Sumner on the stamp singing, The Healing Waters. All the joy of sins forgiven the blood washed known all the peace talking to heaven where the healing waters flow 
rest you'll go. Yes, there's peace and rest in love. Where the healing waters flow. Now with Jesus crucified, at his feet I'm resting low. Let me evermore abide where the healing waters flow. Where the healing waters flow. Where the gem celestial glows. Oh, there's peace. Whiter than the driven snow Now I sing my sweet refrain Where the healing waters flow Where the healing waters flow Where the joy celestial glows Oh, there's peace and rest and love Peace and rest and joy, where the Holy Spirit comes down, saves our soul, and leads, guides, and directs us into all uh, righteousness. Okay, chapter 1 in the book of First Peter. This is verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And the reason he's able to be able to call him, the reason that he's able to call himself an apostle is because he was with Christ. He saw him and um, ate with him and dined with him. And the sign also, apostles, the apostle Paul saw Christ. He didn't walk with him, but Christ walked in him and with him as well. And I saw Christ myself, and so I reckon I'm able to be called an apostle. Titles don't mean anything to me, but I just uh, praise and thank the Lord for having done that. Now, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Verse uh, 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. In other words, God knows everybody that's coming to him. He knows everything. I remember in the office in Beverly Hills, I mean, when the Spirit came down to me when I first thought I was crazy when the Lord closed my ears off and started talking through my body. I uh, didn't um, I didn't know that it was God for sure. I thought it might be just some device in the office that they had and that they were goofing on me, that they had something to close your ears off and talk through your body. But of course... There's nothing like that except God. According to the foreknowledge of God, he's talking about the elect. Many are called, but few are elected. Few are chosen. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, elect according to the foreknowledge, chosen, uh, called, and Chosen, few are chosen. Foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification 
of the Holy Spirit unto obedience. The Lord has called us to be obedient. And uh, let's talk on that for a minute. Now, there's a lot of people in the uh, church that uh, they just feel that oh, they're called to go to church. I was talking to uh, my boy and I, my son, and I were out with uh, uh, Sanford uh, last night. And I says, you know, you don't teach anybody anything, Sanford. Uh, you think they just drive in a vehicle and go into church once uh, to go into the church is a big thing. But um, uh, my son has been out with him quite a bit and others in the church, and they don't teach. But the Lord has called us, uh, and I said, uh, the Lord has called us to um, teach others and to win people to the Lord. And so if you don't do it, then you're uh, disobedient to the Lord. Uh, you're not really sanctified of the Holy Spirit unto obedience. And so uh, when I told him before this, I says, why don't you teach people? He said, well, you're the teacher. Oh, in other words, I'm the only teacher on the face of the earth, and you people in the church I'm teaching you, and you're not supposed to teach as well. Is that right? I says, don't be telling me what I am. I know I'm a teacher, but you're supposed to uh, teach as well. And who are you to be telling me what I'm supposed to do and that you're not supposed to do anything? The Lord says that we're to follow him. Amen. Was he a teacher? Amen. Okay, well, we're supposed to follow him. And so he's saying, uh, elect according to the foreknowledge. The Lord knew all about our church. He knew all about our church. To the strangers scattered throughout uh, Pontius and all these other different uh, cities, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. He knows whether you're going to follow him or not. Some people in the church figure that it's called to type. They say, well, you're the teacher. Well, I'm the teacher because the rest of you don't teach. I told the Lord, uh, look, you people, uh, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, they're not teaching anyone the things that we taught them. I asked him, how many years have you been here? 38 years. And he doesn't teach anybody anything. So if you're some, yeah, you're an elect person according to the foreknowledge, of God, in other words, God knew about you before he elected you or uh, wanted to train you. Some people go to theological seminaries for four years and some eight, and they're out running churches. And this guy, he just drives around doing uh, errands. And that's about the size of a lot of people in the church. And when they come, people come to the church after reading my literature, they say, the services are not that, um, not that powerful. Well, because everybody says, you're the teacher and we don't have to do anything, Tony. We don't have to follow Jesus. We're following you. No, you're not following me because following somebody, that means that you're doing what they do. 
Well, you're the pastor. That's right. And the pastor is telling you that you have to teach the young Christians when they come in. A lot of them don't even know the history of the church. They don't even know the, uh, uh, you know, there's the Grand Canyon and they, people saw visions of Sue and myself going clear down to the bottom of a canyon deeper than the Grand Canyon. And they were watching us and they were trying to go, but it was too steep for them to get down to the bottom. A man, Danny Shapiro, saw this vision in our church. He also left the church because he's, um, for some reason, who knows. But um, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification. He sanctifies us of the Holy Spirit unto obedience. Obedience to what? To type letters? Yeah, everybody has to help out that way too. But you're all supposed to, uh, also supposed to um, walk in the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be a teacher. Uh, everyone is commanded, not just the teacher, the pastor, the uh, what you call the, the only teacher, but everyone is supposed to, if they know the word, if they've been sitting under this ministry for 38 years, Certainly, they should be interested in distributing literature, and I've noticed with him that he doesn't really distribute literature everywhere he goes. And there's uh, the gas prices have gone up so much now that what a waste of uh, gasoline if you go to a, a restaurant or you go to a um, gas station and you don't distribute literature there. And um, a lot of the people are of the same mind. And we find that people that are outside of the church are more obedient. So we've been, uh, than the people in the church are. So God the Father, through sanctification, we're sanctified to be not many masters, but to be, you know, just one body. There's not two bodies or there's not two different uh, rules or set of rules that we're supposed to keep. But uh, the Bible tells us that we're all sanctified of the Holy Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. He says, power, grace unto you and peace uh, be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope. Well, why did uh, God bring us forth? He begat us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Or isn't that something to be resurrected from the dead and he gives us a lively hope by having done that? To an inheritance incorruptible. Well, if you have the mercy of the Lord in you, you're going to want everybody that you see have a chance to get into the kingdom of heaven. To an inheritance incorruptible to have that. 
and undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are have mercy, and you sow the mercy, the word of God, to others so that they can have an opportunity to get into the kingdom of heaven as well. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Okay, so if you want to be kept, a lot of people have fallen asleep in the church. And the Bible says that last will be first, and the first will be last, who are kept by the power of God through faith. Well, what does faith say? What uh, do we have to first do? The Lord says to deny yourself and prefer others than yourself. Well, you have salvation, so you feel fine. But what about all the others uh, on the streets in Los Angeles and cities all over the world and towns and little hamlets all over the world? Don't they get to have a chance to, to if you have faith, Then uh, in the book of James, the Lord says, I'll show you my faith by my works. This is what James by the Holy Spirit said. I'll show you my faith by distributing literature, by preaching the word, by teaching the word. And he wrote a very good epistle to teach us. Did he not? And I think I've written more epistles using the word of God than Paul has. Uh, it's like a stack of uh, literature that I've written that's uh, very high. So God through faith uh, unto salvation. Well, if we have faith, then we uh, it brings forth salvation in us. We have to continue not uh, being dead in the last days, but the Lord warns in the book of Revelation that we have to be zealous. Well, before they were out on the streets and they had tracks, a whole stack of it, they were giving them to everybody on the street and putting them on cars and everything. And now they're not doing that. And their testimonies used to be filled with conviction. And they used to compel people to come to church. And it's not happening. People have fallen asleep in these last days. The Lord, first thing he says is, now deny yourself. Not just one day out of 10, 15, 20, 30 years, but deny yourself on a daily basis and take up the cross and follow me. Now, follow me means go witness to people. We look at the Lord's example, and he's up in the hills and on the mountains, and he's teaching people by the seashores. He's going through cities, and he's touching people and healing them. Yeah, they were healed. Everyone in the whole town, everyone in the whole city was healed. So it says, who are kept, we're kept only by the power of God, but only if we have faith to follow the Lord unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Well, what does the last time say in the book of Revelation? The Lord sent for you to start being zealous. He says, you're lukewarm. I'd rather that you're either hot or cold, but you're lukewarm. Wherein you greatly, if you, he says, now repent and be zealous or I'll spit you out of my uh, mouth. This is the last days. 
and you're not concerned about human flesh. And so you don't have mercy on others, and therefore mercy rejoices against uh, judgment. But you're going to be judged for not following me. Well, you don't really take the word of God serious, is what the bottom line is. Sanford and many of the people in the church and many of the people throughout the entire uh, church kingdom, supposed to be church kingdom. Now, verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Well, these people are not uh, being persecuted. Uh, there's people in churches that are being persecuted, and there are people in churches that are not being persecuted because they're really, they're not following the Lord. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. So the trying of our faith being put through trials and tribulations is precious. That's what it says. Amen? Amen. Well, one of the trials of my faith is as I hear all these people that are murdering people in the world and they say, you have to have anger management. That really tries my faith. I mean, if the Lord would allow, I would love to just go up to him and uh, tell him what the Lord says to smite a scorner. That the trial of your faith being much more precious. So every time I uh, hear people saying, uh, they're wiping out uh, people like those at Waco and the Federal Building and the World Trade Centers. It takes patience. Being much so, this is a trial of my faith. Why, God, you know, some people say, are you allowing such things like this to happen? Well, uh, the trial of your faith is more precious than that of gold that perishes. Well, I thought gold, a precious metal, never perished. Though it be, even if it's tried with fire, it still perishes. Might be found unto praise. And honor. And glory. Well, you're supposed to read that fast. Found unto praise and honor and glory. It just passes by you. People are too dead as it is. And so that, I guess, is why the Lord is having me read this, because I like to read it slow and to bring out the quiescence of all the words. Because the word of God is powerful. It's quick and it's powerful. So the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perishes. Well, why is it precious? It's because if we have faith, we're going to outlast silver and gold because we're going to spend eternity in heaven. Amen? Amen. So that the trial of your faith being much more, not just more, but much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Well, if you had faith to do the things that the Lord said, I mean, you're downtown, you're shopping, purchasing agents, and they don't even pay any attention to different people that are walking down the street. Uh, they have they don't have any stack of tracks anymore and uh, pass them out to people. So if you have this faith to witness to people, then you're, it's, uh, you're going to have praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ when he comes back to earth because the uh, trying of your faith uh, is much more, much more, abundantly more precious than gold that uh, perishes even though it's tried with fire. And that's how gold gets strong is because it's put through the fire and it takes all the dross out of it and it becomes pure. But you, if you keep the faith, you're going to go through some trials. In other words, if you go distributing literature and you're witnessing to people on the street, you're going to go through some trials. But being uh, that, uh, you have your uh, trial of faith, being that much more, it's more precious than much more precious, much, much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, uh, that it might, your faith might be found unto praise and honor and glory. If you had your uh, wagon full of gold, that wouldn't be a big deal when the Lord comes back. But you'll be found praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse 8, whom having not seen, you love. But love is the keeping of God's commandments. If you love him, then keep his commandments. He said, a person that says that they love me and keep not these commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So whom, uh, having not seen, you love. Do you love him? Then keep his commandments, because he says you're a liar if you don't, and the truth is not in you. And what is the truth? The truth is Jesus. I'm not in you, because... If my spirit is in you, I'm going to be zealous. Uh, you're going to be zealous if my spirit is in you, and you're going to do everything that you can to compel people to come into the church. In whom, though now you see him not, you don't see him, he's invisible, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Because you know there's this immense reward because you know you're distributing literature, don't you? Don't you know you're full of zeal in compelling people to come into church, don't you? Don't you know that there's power in the church because you don't let Satan take it over? And we're supposed to let the Holy Spirit control the service. Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls. So if you're doing these things, then you have the salvation of your souls. This is receiving the end of your faith. 
Well, the end of your faith is that you get into heaven. So right now, you know that you're going to heaven because you have the faith to be able to do the things that the Lord commands you to do. And that is to go witness to every city, every nation, every tongue, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't come for you to walk around uh, one of the properties, one of the people that say they're Christians walk around with their shirt off and they're going showing their uh, kids' baby pictures one to another. Is that faith? Is that the commandment of the Lord? No. What is? He says, go to all the different uh, countries, every tongue, and preach the gospel. Those that believe to do that are saved, and those that are not, that don't do that, are damned. And so a lot of people come to our church as a uh, crash pad. But if you know you're doing all these things, you're receiving the end of your faith, which means even the salvation of your souls while you're still alive here in this world. Verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired. The prophets didn't know this. They, they, they knew a little bit of it and inquired and searched diligently. Do you search diligently? I think not. People like you. It's so easy to get out and distribute literature, and it's fun because you get to meet people, and uh, you get to see the work of the Lord being done, and it's being done through you, who prophesied of the grace or the power that should come unto you, you human beings uh, who didn't have this power before, searching what? Or what manner of time the Holy Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So, in other words, uh, Peter's teaching that, yeah, we're going to suffer And you better get ready for it. But if you're afraid of suffering, the sufferings of Christ, it's all right for Christ. In other words, you're saying Christ is, uh, you know, a doormat to wipe our feet on. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Well, the Lord suffered on a cross and we're to take up a cross and follow him as well. Amen? Amen. Well, why why would we suffer? Many people that are in our church have never suffered uh, anything except an occasional headache or a toothache or something like that, that they're receiving because of the fact that they don't have faith. They don't have mercy. They have something else on their mind. Verse 12, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported among unto you 
by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. Now, we're the ones preaching the gospel to you. Well, you're the teacher. Yeah, but you're supposed to pass it along. Amen? Amen. Which things the angels desired to look into, even the angels. They see all these things going on down here, and it's like hard for them to believe, but they believe it. Verse 13, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. I mean, start getting your mind together. You look at some of these people when they're eating, and it looks like cows out in the field. Munching their food, and that's it. Be sober, wake up, and hope to the end for the power that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 14. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former uh, lusts in your uh, ignorance. Well, let's eat, sleep, and, uh, you know, go to the bathroom. That's about it. Isn't that what we just do every day? You know, we don't witness and testify to anybody. I mean, this is all, all there is. No, you're wrong. Verse 15. But it is he which, and that's our Tony. You're the teacher. Jesus was the teacher. You're the teacher. We just do nothing. Eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom. But as he which hath called you, for what? To eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom? No. Is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Well, you hear people talking and laughing and giggling about everything under the sun. But there's no holy conversation in it. Verse 16, because it is written, be you holy, for I am holy. Well, but uh, Chuck, Charles uh, Stanley says, no, nobody's holy. Nobody can be holy. Nobody can be perfect. Holiness is perfection. Verse 17, and if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth accordingly, uh, according to every man's work, well, we're not supposed to work. We're not supposed to teach. You're the teacher, Tony. And we're just supposed to eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom. Uh Uh-uh, that's not the way it says the Father, who without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work, not just Tony's work. Doesn't it say that? Past the time of your sojourning here in fear. You're the teacher. Does that sound like he fears? No. After 38 years in the church, that's all he does is say, you're the teacher. Don't you think in 38 years he should be able to uh, teach a little bit? Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Verse 18. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations. And if the vain conversations, the conversations that don't produce holiness are still going on, that's what you're into. You're still into vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers. Not from the Holy Father, but from uh, traditionally from your fathers that uh, used to eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom too. Verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, verse 20, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. And so were we according to other scriptures. But, uh, and we're of the body of Christ, and we're in him, and we were all ordained in him as one body before the foundation of the world. And the Lord doesn't just eat and sleep and go to the bathroom, does he? No. No. He was going through cities, healing everybody in towns, cities. Everybody got healed. And these signs follow those that believe. Are there any signs and wonders that you're doing? Well, please tell me so that I can put them on the radio. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. That means, but manifest in these last times for you, so that you could know that you could be a member of his body. And in so doing, you become a person that has been foreordained before the foundations of the world. Oh, I never thought about it that way. I thought I was just supposed to type. I don't need to be obedient. This is nonsense. Nonsense. I can lie. No, you can't. And go to heaven. You can lie, but you can't go to heaven But in so doing. Verse 21. Who by him do believe in God? Well, if you believe in me, then the person that says they believe that they love me and keep not my commands, you're a liar. You think you're going to get into heaven? No, you have to get zealous, folks. Verse 21. Who by him do believe in God? that raised him up from the dead. And so him that raised him up from the dead will also, if we're in Christ, we're going to be raised up from the dead as well on the last day, man. And uh, gave him glory. That really glorified the Lord because here he had all this resistance and uh, persecutions and everything, and here he was dead and buried, and then all of a sudden he's raised from the dead, and over 500 people saw him ascend into heaven. That gave him glory. He was glorified. That your faith and hope might be in keeping the commandments of God, not in going to the bathroom and 
eating and sleeping and doing nothing that is to bring forth salvation into others. 22, verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls, is that purifying your souls, eating, sleeping, and doing messenger and picking up stuff? Is that purifying your soul or typing? No. No, there's hundreds of millions of typists in the world. Now, you think they get saved by typing? Who do you think you are? Seeing you have purified, or driving truck, or uh, cars, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth by keeping the commandments, be merciful going to all the world with the gospel. Being is that you've done this, obey the truth through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, working in you. Ho, oh, oh. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Well, pure heart. How do you love? Well, in other words, you keep the commandments in front of one another. You don't argue, you don't sass back those that have the rule over you. It's true, I do have the rule over you. And I, that's why I'm telling you, you better get busy witnessing and testifying and having good services because that's what I'm the pastor for, to show that you love one another, keep the commandments with one another. That's what love is. That doesn't mean for you to have sex one with another, but to keep the commandments one with another with a pure heart fervently. Verse 23. Being uh, born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Now, the word tells you to witness and testify. That isn't anything. That's uh, the Lord says that uh, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. And uh, the last thing he said before he went into heaven, he says, now get this gospel, this truth to everybody in the world. Are you doing that today? I think not. Being born again, not of corruptible seed or corruptible words or frivolous talk, but of incorruptible seed, word, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Gold is going to fade away, but uh, the keep of the commandments is forever. Verse 24, for all flesh is this grass. You're just going to be here a few more days, a few more hours, a few more seconds or minutes. For all flesh, you too. Well, not my family. My family did great things. Singers, actors, uh, football stars. No, all flesh is as grass. And uh, the glory of man as uh, is the same thing as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and you do too, and I do too, and the flower uh, thereof falleth away. And you're going to fall away too. You're going to die. And so only what you do in this world for the Lord is going to be accounted as 
uh, precious and worthy for you to be praised and be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 25. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And so if the word is in you and you're keeping the word, you endure forever. And this is the word uh, which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now that's the end of uh, chapter 1, but I just want to read the first two verses of chapter 2. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all of your stinking hypocrisies, I'm a Christian. Oh, what I do is eat, sleep, and go to the bathroom. You're hypocrites. Laying aside all these things, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may uh, grow thereby and I might add and abide forever all right we have some letters uh, we'll take this up the rest of this tomorrow Lord willing of course uh, where's the first letter from please from Nigeria Africa let's hear it please dear pastor Calvary greetings in the name of our Lord I know by now you and all co-workers in this great ministry are doing all you can to make sure that the work of God will move on. My purpose of writing is to encourage you to keep on doing this great work. From all I read, I can see that the world will not like anyone who says the truth and stands on the truth. Who will believe that the government have been doing all they can to make sure they kill or frustrate you from doing the work of God. I want to encourage you to go on. Don't mind what you see around. Oh, don't worry about that. Then what else? Rather, keep your eyes on the Lord, and I assure you that the people of God are seriously praying for you and this great ministry. And I certainly appreciate it, and I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, brother, I know that you're of the Lord, and I thank God for you. Then what? One thing is sure. One day they will come out openly and disgrace themselves and also bow down for you to pray for them. Don't be afraid. The Lord is on your side. Oh, I fear the Lord and him only. All right, then what else? Once again, may God keep and protect you and your family and also protect this, our great ministry. God bless you. From F.C. Okwam at the Michael Okpara University of Agriculture, Nigeria, Africa. God bless you. Praise the Lord, brother. All right, you have another one? We only have about a half a minute. Okay, from... Murrieta, California. Dear Pastor Lomo, my name is Miguel Cavares. I received your newsletters for the first time while I was in prison. I heard about your ministry through another inmate. After being released, I emailed you and asked for another copy of the Messiah and more newsletters. I received them about a month ago. I didn't think that you had written so many Holy Spirit-inspired newsletters. I've read every single one of the ones you sent me at least twice. Some of them I've read even more. All I can say is, wow. I've been out on parole since August 2007. I am a servant of the Lord. I'm going to a local church regularly. It's a Calvary chapel. However, what the Holy Spirit teaches through you is, in my opinion, deeper for lack of better terms. 
I believe God has a purpose for everything he does. He is a master craftsman. I believe it was not a coincidence that I came across your ministry. Even though I've never personally met you, I think of you as my pastor. What you teach is scriptural and straight out. You call it as it is. That's rare nowadays because everyone wants to please everyone else. I love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and desire to serve him. Pastor, here are the names of the newsletters I'm requesting in the quantity so I can distribute them. Sincerely, Miguel Savarez. Okay, praise the Lord. Well, it's time to pray now. And um, this is something that is like a fervent, fervent prayer because, my God, uh, how horrible it will be for you if you didn't fulfill the commandments of the Lord. And you cannot do it unless the Spirit of the Lord is in you. And uh, by praying to the Lord, this is how you get the Spirit of the Lord in you. He will, when you pray this prayer, he will enter you, and you'll be so happy. Uh, say the prayer. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by your Spirit in him, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me on the cross at Calvary. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I am saved. According to your word, I am saved. Now just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord for your salvation. And share and tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 710. Let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Well, Pastor Tony Alamo, again, make sure you tune in tomorrow for another powerful message in the Lord. Uh, we'll be reading uh, more of uh, chapter 2. Uh, but here I am right now with uh, uh, to sing for you a song uh, called Stand By Me, Jesus. Stand By Me. When the storms of life are raging Stand by me When the storms of life are raging Stand by me When the world is tossing me like a ship out on the sea, I will rest wind and water 
Well, I'm growing old and feeble. Stand by me. Well, I'm growing old and feeble. Stand by me. And my friends misunderstand I who never lost a battle Stand by me Stand by me I who never lost a battle Stand by me